0: You're about to embark on a journey through the written word of
1: God on subjects that deal with today. This is Brothers Just Searching. How you doing everybody and welcome today's, to today's podcast of Brothers Just Searching. I'm Isaac along with Anthony and back from... A little vacation, you could say, brother Daniel. How you doing, brother Daniel? Welcome back.
0: Doing good, my brother. Praise God. I, Thank how you,
1: How your little rest? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it was all right. It just say good. Amen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, look, we missed you, brother. We're glad you're back in back in, uh, Man, you were ready to roll. You've been you've been calling us all day, telling us you're ready to go. Amen, my brother. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, look, guys, as we go along, I'm gonna um. Just encourage everyone, please go on Facebook and Twitter, Brothers Just Searching podcasts um, On the Facebook page, mostly, I go ahead and I share all the new videos, all the new podcasts that comes out. Also, we share uh, things that are going on in our personal ministries right now. And um, Just go ahead and let uh, God lead y'all As for the podcast if y'all want to listen to it and share it. Like the page, and we we get encouraged when we see that. And also, we have a, a way that we can get messages through Facebook. If you have a question or a comment, uh, just please be respectful. That's all we ask. Um, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. If you disagree with us, you can let us know. We'll look into it and we'll study it. Um, but just don't don't rip our heads off. You know, we're human beings. We don't know everything about the Word. Uh, we we study and we try to just learn what we, what we read. Um, at the same time, we want to ask y'all to go ahead and go to new beginning fellowship church. It's our home church. Uh, brother Daniel is the assistant pastor there and, um, be looking for that live video. Cause he's ministering tomorrow night and, uh, keep him in <laughs> prayer as he, uh, he gets ready for that. But, um, we just, we love our church and we want the lord to move in our church and if we can get people to listen to us over facebook you know that this is a great great way to get the church out also keep our church in prayer we're moving forward on a few projects and just pray that the lord leads us and guides us and uh if you're in the great bro bridge area look up new beginning fellowship church is a great little church great people and the spirit of god is moving as we go along um march 21st of this year um, I was invited to go ahead and lead worship at a youth rally. Me and a little band that we got together, and um, the Lord's opening doors. We're not advertising, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves, but the Lord has opened a couple of doors in the last couple of months. And this youth rally is going to be in Abbeville at Cross Point Church from 5 to 7. Um, Brother Stephen Terrier will be ministering the word over there, the youth pastor. Uh, we love Brother Kenny Fleming's, the pastor out there at Cross Point. And, um, We're just praying that the Lord uses us out there and that we win souls. Also, my brother, Anthony Hayes, we're still promoting his book. uh, The New Kingdom. The New Kingdom. And uh, that's my brother's book, and I still forget the name. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, go ahead and look that up on Amazon. You can go on our Facebook page. I have shared the link. And you can go ahead and um, go straight to the page that his book's being sold. All right, so Brother Daniel had, was out for a couple of weeks, and um, the last time we were all together, we were talking about our statements of faith. Our first three episodes was on our core beliefs. We mentioned the Bible, we mentioned God, we mentioned the Holy Spirit, and being baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking with other tongues. We also talked a little bit about Jesus Christ and what the person He is. Uh, last time we were there, we started talking about another topic and. Revivals came up. We, we were studying Acts chapter two, and Acts chapter two in itself—that's the first great revival. And God moved upon people. Man, we had in the span of uh, three days, they had nine thousand souls won just in Jerusalem. And God mm-hmm. started spreading out. Brother Daniel, we was talking about that earlier—the former and the latter rain. Amen. You believe that was the former rain? That was the first outpouring of God's spirit upon the whole church. And what's exciting is he always refreshes us. Because if you go to a couple of chapters, I think chapter four, when they were beaten, they said, Lord, give us boldness. And the Lord mm-hmm. refilled them with the Holy Spirit. So we got together and we felt that revival would be a good topic for tonight. Um, that Well, Brother Daniel, we had some things that came up and Brother Daniel couldn't make the podcast for two weeks. And we didn't want to really talk about that without Brother Daniel. We had some great men of God come like and that. fill in with my dad, Lanny Hayes, and our pastor, Brandon Trott. Amen. Two great podcasters. We was excited to do them, but we're we'll glad mm-hmm. to be back on track. So tonight, we're going to go ahead and talk about revivals in general. Um, in this nation, God has used this nation greatly, but God has brought out a lot of outpourings mm mm-hmm of repentance and of his holy spirit so brother daniel i'm gonna go ahead and start out with you in that point um define revival for me um you know a lot of people look at revival as a a great three days at church but what is true revival one of the one of the definitions would be uh, renewed
0: zeal to obey God. So praise God. So if something needs to be revived, that it's almost practically dead, and sometimes we can get that way. And there's been many times, even in the Old Testament, where the Lord had to move. You know. Through the children of Israel to revive them back, you know. Basically, really, what revival to me means is just your heart just right before the Lord. You're, he's He's your first love. You want to please Him. You want to do all that you want just to you know to be in Him. And so that's what I believe revival really is: is just having a renewal to to be with Him and to just do what He's calling us to do. To you know to deal with our heart and our mind, you know, and uh, to shake off those things that are dead in our
1: lives. Amen amen so and my my point on that as you were saying personal a lot of people want revivals you know i i told you that <laughs> the other day anthony the modern church won't know a revival if it can't slap them in the face amen because everybody wants the church revive or they want the nation revive but as we're going to look at tonight most of these revivals started By a few individuals saying, You know what, Lord, change our heart. Amen. Mm -hmm. Change our mind. Let us Mm -hmm. let us go ahead and draw closer to you. Right. When then people got down to pray and seek God, a revival moved in them. Because of revival moving in them, it spread to the next person.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, because of that went to that next person, it went to the church. Right. Or it went to the to the nation. After that, it just spread
2: mm-hmm.
1: throughout the world. I, throughout the whole world, some examples of Zuzu Street and the Wells Revival, it just didn't stay in their town. They went all over the world. Amen. So. Um, Can I just say one more thing yeah, now that we're going with this? Really, you know, if you've ever
0: seen any move of God, it's always been through, you know, coming back to what Christ did at Calvary, you know, mm-hmm. repentance. Man. And then after that, it's prayer, you know what I mean? And so in order for God to move, He has to. Ex- we have to be examined by His Word and by His Spirit. There's things that, that He has to deal with us if we're going to have a move of God. we got to come back to Him with a repentant heart saying, God, we're sorry how we've been doing things and we just want to do it your way. We mm-hmm. want a, yeah. a renewed zeal. But it comes first through repentance and then it's going to be prayer that we see God that He's going to move. So it goes
3: back to the altar. That uh, we're going to have a move of God. Wow. Well, I'm so glad to be back and I'm enjoying this uh, radio program. Now, we're going to be talking about the history of revival and a lot of things that went happening. You know, a lot of Americans and a lot of people. They don't understand, like, take example, if you're reading through history, for example, you go through the American Revolution, you know, you go through the Civil War. Mostly secular people are not going to understand this, but as a Christian, we should. But people forget about the revivals. They don't realize these revivals shaped a lot of our history, big history moments, like the Revolutionary War, the Civil War. And so we're going to talk about tonight how God used that to get the get the. Americans back where they should be, get people saved, and get them prepared for things that were coming. Amen. So, for example, the Puritans, for example, they came to America, God called these Puritans, they said, listen, you're coming to a new land, you're going to build up a land of biblical truth, you're going to be a city, a, a city set on a hill, you're going to be a light in the midst of a fortress of darkness in the world. So God called America for that special task. But as you tell, as the Puritans, as time went, on, you know, their children or their great-grandchildren, they forgot about the Puritan doctrine. They they, they pretty much banded it. The Bible, like today, the Bible was banded in churches. It was banded in homes. God was second in their lives. Business and prosperity. Matter of fact, they came so bad that they said the Indians, the pagan Indians, were not as bad as the Americans were getting at that time. The colonies, as they were called at the time. They were getting bad. And so we get this mentality, uh, America. Was always a Christian nation, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there was some there was a time where they left. Kind of like Israel. You know, if you read the book of uh, Judges, when Joshua died and the, the, the elders died, that they abandoned, they left the God of Israel. They left the Ten Commandments, they went to serve after Baal and astral You you read in the Bible, they forgot what God brought them. So this is kind of like as I was studying all this, it was so similar. To what you see in the book of Judges. And so God had a great plan. It's like God had a great plan for Israel. To bring the Messiah and all this stuff. God had a plan for America. To be the light of the world. And they were abandoning. They were leaving it. So God had to raise up individuals. God had to raise up people. To get, hey, y'all need to get back on the track. That y'all are supposed to be on. That's like Israel. So we're going to do it tonight. And God was also getting these revivals ready. To get America as a nation as we know it together. So this is going to be exciting. A little bit of history and Bible theology mixing it. Well, having us, uh, a preacher named Edwards. He, he, he wrote a uh, uh, Sinners in the Hands of an angry God. And his desire was to see the colonies get back to God. He saw that they were corrupt. He saw that, you know, just in his town, and I think it was Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. He saw how the young people was just, they, they, they were rebellious. They like today, kind of, you know, we look at today and we say, man, look how bad our society is today. Well, it was probably equally as bad or worse. Back in those days. So, you know, so he was seeing that and God burned his heart, you know, and he used churches. Now, this is a thing that's kind of shocking. It shouldn't shock because The churches back then were, were worse than the people. They were like, they were not preaching the gospel like a lot of churches are doing today. They were going back and selling indulgences. They were doing things like what they were doing in the dark ages to keep people in their pews. They were not preaching the cross. They were not preaching about redemption. They were just like, you know, we just want to keep a big crowd. We want to, you know, fill up a crowd. We want to have a big church. We want to keep our people. So instead of preaching the truth, they were just worried about, like, they were worried about making money, like Edward says. They were just making money. Well, it, you goes, know. it
1: goes to the point where, yeah. doing some research on this, mm-hmm. they call that mm-hmm. the church's dark age. because yeah, The middle age. The mm-hmm. middle age because, yeah. as you said, preachers weren't, first off, they didn't have a lot of preachers in the colonies at that time. They dwindled mm-hmm. because of the way they was going. Yeah. And look, if before the sinners in the hands of an angry God was preached, the barrooms were full
2: hmm
1: Adultery was and oh wait, in that time yes, they had fornication oh, yes. and adultery. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. People were, were forgetful about God and it's like today though. It's mm-hmm. it's like today when you go and you talk uh, you talk go to ch- these big churches and you ask the people, well, is your pastor preaching this message mm-hmm. or that message? Mm-hmm. And I I thought to dear brother, a while back, and he said, no. He said uh, they don't mention that in the big church. They told us it was wrong in classes, but they didn't. T- they don't preach that into the big churches. Mm. And but what about the people that only go to church on Sundays? Mm. They're not. They're not. They're not being. They weren't being teach. Mm-mm. The right way they want they had itchy years mm-hmm. and that's what was going on and look thank God for men like Jonathan Edwards mm-hmm. because he, uh, he preached in the hand, in the in centers the hand, centers of centers in hands in the centers hands centers of anger, anger God, God. Mm-hmm. and that message right there sparked mm-hmm. the the Great Awakening or the First Awakening mm-hmm. in the American Church at that time.
3: And he was saying how when he was preaching the sermon, he said it's like a spider. He was using it as a spider for example. He says a spider is like hanging on a thread, and like they were on the bottom, and hell was eating them up. And as he was preaching this sermon, and the way he did it, you know, it got the people visualizing in their mind of hell and how bad it was. And they were crying out. They were saying they said they, during the sermon when he was preaching, they were crying. What should we do to be saved? And people, I mean, God was moving people were getting saved. And so, uh, God used him, and of course, he used other individuals as well, but God, he was one of the main people, through that one sermon, change a whole society, because that should encourage us today, because... Like I said we look at our society and we say man we just soon give up preaching we just soon give up look at the way all the churches are going they're all going purpose driven you know they all this and that we just soon give up no if what if they would have that 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 uh, that teaching or what if they had that, that mindset right what if they had that mindset like man we just soon quit preaching would our country be they'll probably only be America as we know it today if the way society that, that, that they was going, they would destroy themselves. There wouldn't be no America, I'll be honest with you. Well, it would have been like Israel. You know?
1: If you go back to the book of Judges and mm-hmm. you go, when every time they had a good judge, mm-hmm. that would lead them to the path of righteousness, right. they would mm-hmm. fall off. Same mm-hmm. thing with uh, the the kingdom of Judah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They would mm-hmm. have a good king, mm-hmm. put them on the right path. Then and somebody then, else. Somebody, because unfortunately for human beings... We we have a we forget real quickly,
3: mm-hmm. and that's what they did.
1: They that, that's forgot. what they, they mm-hmm. it was just. And if I'm not mistaken, when the Puritans and the Pilgrims came over, it was only a few years. All the original Pilgrims had died. That was their children mm-hmm. and their grandchildren, their grandchildren. So only a generation and a generation after mm-hmm. they forgot all about God. And Brother Daniel, I think there's a statistic out there saying that usually the third generation of church families the third generation leaves if i'm not i believe i heard that a while back it's it not there's there's something wrong with that there's the, something the wrong the
0: cycle is that what the church you know whatever how can I put it? It's like a seventy year span where it starts right, but then it it ends up what it's mm-hmm. preaching against at that seventy years so that's it's funny how it just works out like that a lot of times it's been like that. they're on fire at the beginning, it goes from one generation to another generation to all of a sudden they go right back to what they were preaching against, and so you're right as as human beings, we have to be reminded we need revivals, we need god to to renew us and convict us to come back to him and you know, to come back to the first level, to the basics of the gospel. So, s- s- sorry to you know, say, but it has happened even, you know, recently. The last 20 years where you've seen, you know, churches moving away, you know, from the truth and from the Holy Spirit wanting to do the work through the body of Christ. So, mm-hmm. that said and done, well, I guess that means that we are we are set mm-hmm. ready for another revival. We mm-hmm. need another one, yeah. definitely in our nation.
3: And, and this the thing is, too, at that time, they thought they were in retirement to to Christianity For example They said well They lived in the colonies A lot of them were there were different denominations But a lot of them was like Well I'm Presbyterian I got baptized In the Presbyterian church So that made me Christian Or I went to Ankington church I was baptized That made me Christian And what these guys did They changed the whole world They said no You're not like him and, and Edwards He was one of them The preachers that came from England To the colonies Yeah Whitfield Yeah Whitfield And he told them These two preachers And the other ones that came with him said listen guys Your salvation is not that you're part of the English church or you're not a Presbyterian or Methodist or Lutheran, whatever you are. It's when you have a personal relationship with Jesus is when you get saved. Like John Wesley, for example. You know, most people think, well, because John Wesley was saved right at the beginning. No, he wasn't. He was depending on works for his salvation. He was, you know, he didn't, he didn't, have, he thought, well, because I'm in the Anglican Church, I am saved. Mm-hmm. And kind of find out when he went through a he went to uh, the Shakers meetings and they had readings and he they read about Martin Luther, how Martin Luther got saved. He said by Romans that just shall live by faith. And when he realized, he said, wow, it's Jesus that saves me. It's not my religion. Well, him and his
1: brother, uh, I know we move into the second, the second, but it does play it right with out. it.
3: We're yeah. playing with it. Mm-hmm.
1: But Charles Wesley and John Wesley debated that fact way before he even mm-hmm. had, cause he was like, no, no, we're saving. John, Charles Wesley like, no, it's by faith in Jesus Christ and sanctification mm-hmm. by yeah. faith. Right. So they was having a debate, and that even proves: look, they were brothers. That's like me mm-hmm. and Anthony right here. <laughs> yeah, they were in a disagreement. Brothers in Christ can have disagreements, mm-hmm. but John Wesley came to a realization: yeah, it's not by works. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you look at John Wesley's his early ministry, mm-hmm. he was <laughs> he 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 lived miserably. He lived miserably because he thought, "Oh, I have to. I, I, I'm going to be in condemnation. I can't sin." And guess
3: what? When he realized, mm-hmm. that's when his ministry went right side up. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing too. Too that's what that that's what the colonies were at. They were getting to the point where they were titled, and they thought, "Hey, like you said, you I'm saved because I belong to this." Like a lot of people today, they think, "Well, because I'm certain denomination, I've been baptized in this. I I'm 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 gonna go to heaven because I'm this." And they didn't have a generated heart. They did not get a converting heart. They didn't have a relationship, and that's what these men told these people. That's why I think the, this revival broke like it did, because people had a, they realized, well i can pray I, I can pray outside the church and god can still hear me yep. I can repent in my woods and god can still hear me so because they were preaching outside these guys most of the time look like withfield he was outside preaching in the streets he was on the, he was in the uh, in the woods whatever he preached and he didn't have a little crowd he had like uh, i mean at their time he had a lot of people and he had no mics and they said you could still hear him mm-hmm. he had no mics and that was supernatural yeah it was and, I mean. and this will show you how almighty these preachers had a great impact on this country now benjamin franklin most people say well benjamin franklin he's the one who did the you know the electricity and this and that but what most people don't realize he was influenced by this preacher he went through a town i think it was pennsylvania or new york one of those towns and he heard wickliffe preach and he was actually he was impressed now he, benjamin franklin benjamin franklin was a really smart guy and he was really impressed with this preacher they said he even get money in the collection that's how he was impressed with this guy and 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 he told him he says listen he said i'm gonna take your sermons and i'm gonna print them for free because benjamin Franklin had a printing press he said i'll print them no cost and some people say he was a deist. so it kind of makes you wonder it it was the same way
1: after the Mm -hmm. great american revolution Mm -hmm. the first great awakening by these men that stood up for the lord and look I'm going to make a statement that I feel that the first Great Awakening mm-hmm. was a repentance revival. Mm-hmm. It was bringing people back
2: mm-hmm. to God. to what
1: Jesus did for them at the cross. Now, after the Great American Revolution, now, years, about 20, 30 years after the Great Awakening,
2: mm-hmm.
1: no, even longer, because it was the 1740s, our Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. So. Mm-hmm. Shoot, about 40 years after. So these men were young. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that great awakening followed them. Mm-hmm. They were having a debate in the House of Congress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were about to split up, break the union, or what. And Benjamin Franklin stood up and said, mm-hmm. Listen, we need to go ahead and just set our differences aside. Mm-hmm. Let's go on the side and let's pray.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: from that point on, they prayed every morning. And he mentioned Whitfield in there. Mm-hmm. And he pray- they prayed every morning. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They went ahead and went to the Bible and wrote our constitution mm-hmm. according to the to the gospel. And that was because, look, a deist.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, if he was a deist, mm-hmm. he wasn't a good one because he mentioned <laughs> God
3: in the House of Representatives. Yes, he did. He actually said, he said, the more I live, I see that God interferes with the affairs of men. <laughs> so yeah. this is how he was changing or he was one or he was change, starting to change his mind because there were supernatural things if you studied the revolutionary war there was a lot of supernatural things that happened to our country and, and,
1: look, we didn't even go. Yeah. um had a, uh, a, I think it was a Quaker at the time that saw uh, jo- George Washington praying yes, at yes. Valley Forge. and mm-hmm. said, listen, could people say about him, Well, oh, he wasn't He wasn't a Christian or he didn't have an influence of God. He, mm-hmm. You read a lot of things today about our founding fathers. They don't talk about the spiritual side they had. right? But they saw them and they said, look, if you ever want to see a Christian, mm-hmm. go look at George Washington. He can pray. He can pray.
3: He, They actually said, we never thought a soldier could
1: be a Christian. Now, that came from the mm-hmm. first... That came from the first Great Awakening. Mm-hmm. Look, look, just that one sermon that started off the, a sinner in the, the hands, hands of, of an angry, angry God. God, and a man that came from England said, "Look, I need to go minister mm-hmm. to these people." It influenced Benjamin Franklin,
2: mm-hmm. Thomas John-
1: Jefferson, George Washington, almost all of and them. it, and it influenced our great, our great document that we're the only. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution is the only surviving document Mm -hmm. that a country only used
3: once. I think Italy went to like 17 revolutions, if I heard. And I think they wrote their Constitution like 10 or 15 times, if I heard it right. So, yeah. We are the, the longest document of history. We have, we, we're the longest one. It just shows that what our country was founded on, though. Biblical principles and right. these revivals and stuff. And it also led to the Revolutionary War. Because God was getting the Americas prepared. You know, if you study these two great revivals, the first one and second one, we hope hoping we can go to soon about, they were also getting the Americans ready. God was, like, getting people saved and also getting them ready for what was coming. He saw the storms were coming. So he was getting them. America uh, Americans prepared, you know, through. So that's another way you can look at the revivals too. All right. So Well, we're gonna go ahead and move on to the second
1: Great Awakening. <laughs> uh, but then you have anything else you wanna fill in before or Oh no, I'm good. Oh, you good. You can. All, right. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and go to the second Great Awakening. Uh this goes into Charles and John Wesley mm-hmm. and Charles Feeney. Mm-hmm. So um if you look at look at that time, um, I think it was a, it was almost close to a good eighty to a hundred years after mm-hmm. the um, the Great First Awakening. If you go to the Second Great Awakening, Anthony, why did why we had to have another revival at that time? Because you know you hear of John mm-hmm. Wesley, Charles mm-hmm. Wesley, all these men filling the fire that mm-hmm. that needed to,
3: but why we had to have one well the thing was at this time it was a great period in American history America was growing we were actually expanding like out of the original 13 colonies at the time we were actually going through uh, we were expanding our territories we were going to uh, Kentucky, Tennessee at that time and uh, matter of fact Daniel Boone is actually mentioned he was one of the people they claimed that he helped the white men find uh, trails or passages through the Tennessee mountains so that's another great History moment, but as most of these Americans were moving towards the West, uh, a lot of them were illiterate. They could not read. A lot of them, and uh, it was it was awful. I mean, the West was was was. I mean, things were just going bad in the West. I mean, lawlessness. I mean, drunkenness. I mean, it was just it was pitiful. As a matter of fact, there was somebody actually called the West Sodom. Oh, wow. So, it got that bad. I mean, they were going there for greed. I mean, a lot of their purpose, some of the purpose going to West, you know, was going for gold and greed. Like, you know that old saying, go West, young man, go West. Well, that's where that came from. They were like, hey, go West to find your fortune, you know. Go over there to find prosperity. And they left God and things. So, what happened was... God called a lot of these Methodists and Baptists to go out there. They were called circuit riders. They were mostly the Methodists. And they would go out there. They would preach in towns and stuff. And God started moving in Kentucky and Tennessee and and stuff like that. And God moved in these revivals. And then thousands were getting saved. And matter of fact... The Methodists at one time was the smallest denomination in America, but when this revival took place, it was, I believe, the first denomination, the biggest denomination in America after the Baptists. When God, because their their church swelled, I mean, God moved greatly. I mean, crimes, my understanding, is crimes were diminished, just like in the thirteen colonies, mm-hmm. uh, uh, people were drinking a lot. They quit drinking. I mean, a lot of things started happening, and then God moved mildly in the in this great time.
1: On a little side note, though, it's funny mm-hmm. how when these revivals kicked off,
3: mm-hmm.
1: sin went down, murder went down. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, I believe it's when Jonathan, Taylor, I know I'm going back to the first one, but they said that
2: mm-hmm.
1: after he finished preaching and teaching, the bar rooms closed, the halls shut down, and mm-hmm. that showed the, the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. But it, it's funny how when God uses us as believers and we we get right with him and we start having repentance sin just leaves mm-hmm. and that shows that as a believer we need to have, we we shouldn't dwell on sin
3: Mm-mm.
1: because it you can't have fellowship with it there
3: no. and and what people don't realize about this revival, it brought a lot of great—it brought some good churches, some good denominations, but it brought some bad ones. Yeah. But, of course, we're going to have to talk about another time in the program because that's a whole nother subject about yeah, whole Mormonism lot. and all that stuff. But, but the thing is, though, like always when God moves, Satan has his people. But what's good about what came out of this revival is that there was a lot of good things, like the Sunday school thing. That came out of the Second Great Awakening Sunday School movement. Most no, people don't realize no, sure, that, yeah, because yeah. the, they were literate, a lot of these kids, and they couldn't read. So they said, "Let's get together." The Methodists and the Baptists said, "Let's get together and let's teach these children to learn the Bible, and so they won't be ignorant of God and go out there and get a good job or and learn God's word as well to provide for themselves and learn." So uh, that came out of it. Uh, the Bible Society came out of it at the time. They would. They, they, published tracks and and that was a great investment at the time in the kingdom of god so also also, also yeah.
1: Yeah. a lot of your popular denominations the church of god was there already but mm-hmm. as for a lot of full gospel groups mm-hmm. um as we said unfortunately the mormon church was involved uh, uh, the uh, the shakers the shakers there was a yeah, lot of all it. these things now my personal opinion is on that is a lot of these people didn't didn't want God but they wanted the fame
3: right they wanted the crowd right. they were doing it was kind of like in the Bible when that uh, that that magician in the Bible in the book of acts mm-hmm. he told Peter and them he said give me this it's power Simon. yeah he said give me this power and he said you think peter said you think this this is for sale and it's not so you know same principle right there what was happening pretty much right there you know but another thing that brought this out and this plays a great part in American history as a matter of fact is the great abolition movement now a lot of people like that when they started the abolition movement they said well it was an underground group and they hid slaves and they brought them to the you know to the to the north or whatever that's true. It is a part of American history, but what most people fail to realize that when the Second Great Awakening happened, this thing bloomed. This thing, the abolition thing, grew bigger. It was there before. I think it was uh when I finally found Benjamin Spoon, I think his name was. He was one of them that really started the anti-slave thing. But when the Second Great Awakening happened, this exploded because Christians were like, wow, we need, this this thing's evil in our country. I mean, this thing is tearing us down. This thing is evil. This is when America started shifting mostly against slavery at this time point. That's what I believe what helped Abraham Lincoln get into office. And that's what, matter of fact, it actually brought the seed of the revolution or the Civil War that came to pass. See, every time you see a big event that happened in history, there was always somebody planted a seed. See that's what most people fail to realize. They look at the big events like the Reformation, for example. I heard a lot of people say, "Well, Martin Luther started the Reformation." Oh, no, he did more. not. There was Tyndale. There was there was a there Wycliffe. was John Wycliffe and Huss, and you know there was other groups that planted the seed before the big event so that's what kind of like this is the little thing the revival that started the big event so it plays a lot into american history that sally most people won't know
1: well we're about to get into yeah Loser street which was yeah the third great movement of god in this country mm-hmm. that i believe uh seymour went ahead and studied a lot of these revivals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going into that and he said well look there was something different about these these people and he studied revivals he also studied a lot of theology theology and he learned all kind of stuff while he was in school mm-hmm. which was a hard time in america at the same There was segregations; he mm-hmm. couldn't sit with mm-hmm. the people but it was still progress going right. on. It was in America progress. He was learning yeah. a lot of this these things. And I believe the set, the first the second grade awakening walked us through the century. And I some clicked when we was talking about this, which uh we're gonna go into Azusa Street right now. Uh, it's funny how when America started expanding a revival hit as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You had the first thirteen colonies. Yeah. You go into the second Great Awakening, who was around Tennessee and moving more Kentucky. west, mm-hmm. Kentucky and all. By the time you get to Azusa Street Revival, it's in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. God spread his word. Gra- I say gradually, but it was always there. But he was reaching the country as he went along. Because tens of thousands got saved through the first two revivals. And I believe that was a revival of
3: repentance. Mm-hmm. It was for America it itself. Was for America. Yeah.
1: This next revival we're about to talk about, the Zusa Street revival. It it was church folk that had to get back to the power source mm, for mm. salvation. That's right. So we're gonna go ahead, Brother Daniel. I know you've done some research on this. Boogie uh Anthony as well. <laughs> um, we're gonna go ahead and get into Azusa Street, and uh this one's gonna take a little while. <laughs> so um you, If you want to start off, Brother Daniel, on that as for Susan Street. Acts,
0: uh, I'm sorry, Joel chapter 2, verse 21, 23 says this be, uh, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. So praise God. So when I look at the scripture, I just believe that the first, one, the former reign is what happened to the day of Pentecost, when the church was birthed and the Holy Spirit came in a new dynamic way in a new dimension, amen. And so this latter reign, I mean, in my own, I mean, this is my opinion. I'm not going to say this is biblically correct, but I believe it was actually started with the Azusa Street revival here in the United States. Now there was some other moves that were going on in Topeka, Kansas, I believe, and also in Houston. But basically, really, there was such a move, you know, the Susan Street Revival, that it was phenomenal, and it impacted the world. So I really do believe that it's a second move there. And the reason I say that, because there's so many characteristics that you can compare between Acts chapter 2 and what happened at Susan Street Revival. You know, they came back to the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in the tongues. It came back to having the gifts of the Spirit being moved and and there was healings and, and many things that were going on. So I really do believe that this is the you know, the latter reign, praise God. So um and some of the studies I was looking at Some of the survivors, well, not survivors, people that were there that were witnesses as children were specifically saying that they were really having acts to experience, literally. Mm. They were saying that when the people were speaking in own tongues, that they were really literally speaking a tongue from another nation. And Mm. some people that came to to the meetings heard somebody speaking their language and asked them, how do you know my language? And they don't. It was just the Holy Spirit moving again. So that's what makes this this uh, move of God so phenomenal. It was actually just exactly like on the day of Pentecost, you know. It was revisited revis- again, so praise God. So we know, what do we got on as far as... Um, the timetable, I'd say that it started around, you know, really basically 1906 through 1909. Now, some said it went up all the way up to, you know, 1915, and that's true to a point. But really, when I look at between six and nine, them years, that's when it was really intense and it was moving. I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving phenomenally. Amen. So praise God. And if, so, if, you, if you
1: look at it, what's good about that is there were some ministers that didn't want, because uh, I seen that video you sent mm-hmm, me earlier, mm-hmm. and it had documents of ministers that said like they had one. He said, "Man, I he thought they were fanatics. Mm-hmm. He didn't think that they." He said, "Man, this is this don't sound right." Well, two of his deacons come on and said, "Well, we're going to it
2: because
1: mm-hmm. we read Acts chapter two, and if you don't get me wrong, it started way before. Right. Oh, definitely, yeah, That that meeting at that the house on that there wasn't a zoo, it wasn't on Azusa Street at first. It was on right. um mm-hmm on another street and they were in that house and he and uh seymour starts preaching acts chapter two and that's when the spirit of god hit that Mm -hmm. hit that room Mm -hmm. and if you look at seymour's life his his life is a whole testimony coming from louisiana Mm -hmm. then he went on to indiana Mm -hmm. then he went to mississippi and every place he went god led him to certain people and he started learning he said man there gotta be more there gotta be more there gotta be more and when he finally got it, because I might be wrong, but I, I think I heard it right. When Seymour preached that message of Acts chapter two, he was praying on people to get baptized with the Holy Spirit, not yet being baptized himself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when they said when he got it, they said there was a glow on that man's face, and it just that started out Pentecost right there, right? and that's.
3: Mm-hmm. And my understanding was, I think, was he half blind and one eye. Yeah, he had a sickness,
0: so he was a one-eyed, thirty-four-year-old son of a former slave. So, Amen.
3: so that reminds me when Moses. You know, you notice in the Bible how God used Moses and other people. Like Moses couldn't talk. I mean, you have everyone that God uses; they had a weakness. So, I think God uses weakness to show his power yeah. so i think that's what happened here i believe well, we know
0: that he was originally from louisiana which is phenomenal because we're here in louisiana yeah, yeah. Yep, so center Bill, as a matter of fact you know his father was a ex-slave and mm. you know they were able to buy some property and all that but his father died when, um, when he was young, so mm-hmm. uh, William J. Seymour had to take over and be more responsible for his mom and for, you know, for his kin folks and all that. So there was a lot of responsibility for him at the beginning, but um, they were also raised Catholic.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. they were Catholics and they were wow. raised in that. So, you know. So. Yeah, doing some study on him, he... He made the statement. He said when he was in Louisiana, he was tall between the Baptist belief and yeah, the on. Catholic belief. Exactly. He, mm-hmm. he knew both of them were fundamental in certain ways, but other ways there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's that's what, that's what sparked his interest in God's word. He mm-hmm. got saved at a very young age, but he was tall between them two doctrines, and he was studying God's word to figure mm-hmm. out which one
3: was right. Mm-hmm. And God led him to the right uh, source, you know, as he kept digging. Well, I and look
1: I look at Brother Seymour's, and I'm going to call him Brother Seymour. He's no longer with us, but right. he he's is a brother in the Lord. And Brother Seymour, when he went ahead and traveled, God always led him to an individual mm-hmm. that showed him a little more about Jesus. Right. And a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, going back to the second mm-hmm. great awakening into that Mm-hmm. The Second Great Awakening brought out a lot of uh, doctrinal differences as it was good, mm-hmm. but it also brought out a lot of... The, they had a lot of churches at that time. Mm-hmm. And they were preaching all kind of stuff, and him going and tossing up and what he did right was, which a lot of Christians should do today, went back to the Word of God and try fr- to find the answers to it. And mm-hmm. that, I believe that's what he was called to... I believe he was called to be part of the great revival of Azusa Street. But he studied God's word to get more knowledge
2: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, wasn't he one that also says uh, came out about brought back sanctification by faith also yeah they were dealing with that was later on but really what he was preaching about was the
0: baptism of the Holy Spirit yeah. with the speaking of speaking in other tongue so um that was a thing out of you know Joel chapter 2 so he was really emphasizing on that and um and he was actually in Houston for a while, mm-hmm. and an African-American woman who attended a small holiness church, pastor by Juliet Hutchins in LaSalle, made a trip to Houston for family. She ended up hearing him preach at a church and was really impressed because he was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in, you know, in tongues. So even though he had not experienced it yet till he got to California, but they were saying she was impressed with that, so mm-hmm. they ended up, you know wanting him to come to California to minister. And so that's how he ended up coming to California through that experience right there.
3: Well, the thing about you know about a lot of these revivals is they were trying to bring people back, like the church mostly and society, back to the Word of God, back to what they're supposed to be. And you study the Reformation, you study like the Puritans and the Separatists, most of the uh, Puritans they were trying to reform the England Church by getting it back to the New Testament. So I find as you dig a lot of these revivals or great movements in history, there were groups of Christians, and they always will be God has His his people out there, his, they're small or whatever, but they always had the theology of, let's get back to the Word of God, let's get back to like what happened with uh, Susan Street, mm-hmm. they said, we need to get back to Pentecost, we need to get back to what our example was, where you know, our denominations like Baptist, Methodists, whatever, we're leaving the baptism, we're leaving the Holy Spirit so we need it, so I find it's a fascinating where it always ends up that way, the desire to go back to what's been there, you know. Right. It definitely.
0: He ended up in California mm-hmm. in 1906. Amen. And um, he was able to preach a couple of days at, at our church. And it was at the corner of 9th Street and Santa Fe Avenue. Santa Fe Avenue. Amen. During his first sermon, he preached that speaking in tongues was the bi- first biblical evidence of the inevitable baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, And even after that, we know that uh, he was locked out of that church pretty quick <laughs> because yeah. a lot of people did not agree on it. They thought it was crazy. As a matter of fact, if you ever look at the Los Angeles Times of that day, they wrote on one article on uh, April 18, 1906, where it said, weird babble. Of tongues, so, you know, everybody's just like, "What is uh-huh. this guy talking about?" So, Aww. you know, I just, I just love the persistence that his brother had. That, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand what he went through when he got to Los Angeles. He was hurt, heavily persecuted within the church and outside mm-hmm. the church. And but he just, he just knew in his heart that this was biblical and God wanted to do this. And so mm-hmm. he persevered, no matter what. We know that he wasn't, you know, perfect, but he was a man that was hungry and just wanted. All that God had for us, you know, for the Church of Christ. So praise God. So he was he was pers- he was just persevering in that, even through persecution.
3: And you got to realize, brother Daniel, every time God moves. The world and the church mm. came against the oh, move yeah. of God every time. It never fails. The organized church or of the day or whatever, they came against it. They got cold and dry and they were jealous or whatever the case, they came against it. And so.
1: what's, what's bad about that time was mm. they, I felt during my studies on it is like the church was trying to shy away from Acts chapter 2. Mm. And, you know... You hear a lot about today. People love preaching about it, but Brother Seymour came out and he 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 preached a message that was not popular today. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna use the example of our day hell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Pastor Brandon preaches on it, and ministers that we associate with preaches on it. But you will not hear
2: mm-hmm.
1: a mainstream minister besides uh, Brother Swagger's ministry. A lot of big ministries will not touch on the subject of hell. Mm. It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. They changed the name to Hades to make it sound a little better, but they will not teach
2: Mm.
1: or preach on the subject of hell. Now, this is a whole different. This is something for the believer to be encouraged with. He's a comforter, And people fought about teaching (laughs) about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were like afraid of maybe it wasn't understanding of the scriptures or it wasn't it was just, they just didn't want to go there cuz They they thought they would say like Paul man y'all 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 some drunk man
0: (laughs) yeah well praise God and Brother Seymour from that church after being padlocked out there (laughs) were some members there that invited him over to his house so he just started having personal Bible studies and prayer meetings in this house and then they ended up relocating from that house to another one which was found uh, which is the home of uh, Richard and Ruth Asbury at two fourteen North Bonnie Bray Street Amen so this is pretty this is where it starts getting unique because it it said not even we had Caucasian families that were were coming mm. over to these meetings, so now you start to see, you know, God's gathering some people. So He's continuing with this, and uh, <laughs> some of them got baptized in the Holy Spirit, Amen. And after five weeks of Seymour preaching in prayer, and three days into an intended ten-day fast, guess what?
1: It broke out. Mm-hmm. Come
0: on! Mm-hmm. It broke out. Edward S. Lee spoke in tongues for the first time. That's powerful, Amen. Yeah. That is so powerful. So now. You know, so so here we go. Now he started to see evidence that this is biblically correct, Amen. Something. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is. It's almost like when God told Noah to build the ark, he did it by faith. He didn't yeah. understand right, why. He just right. believed God. Mm-hmm. And so here you got this brother preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking, you know, in tongues, hasn't experienced himself, but yet preaching it by faith, and now it's starting to manifest. On the people that are around him. So praise God. You talk about faith and perseverance,
3: amen? That's true faith to
0: me, what he was doing.
3: And you know They thought Noah was crazy. You know, here this man's building a boat in the middle of I mean, the ocean or the water. There's not a water for miles. Mm-hmm. And this man's building a boat. You know, sometimes you, you're going to go, you're going to do things where people are going to say, they're crazy. But yeah. Hey, okay, we're here because he did it, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even his uh, fiance, her name was uh, Jenny Moore,
0: mm-hmm. ended up, you know, getting baptized with the Holy Spirit too. And then his day, his special day, came on April twelfth, when he finally was able to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues after praying all night long. So finally, he has the experience for himself.
3: Amen. Praise mm-hmm. God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Mm. You know, I was hearing one, uh, had a, uh, a black lady there. She said she never played a piano in her life. Uh, uh, she said when she got filled with the Holy Spirit, she just started singing and playing the piano. And people's like, man, we didn't know you played a piano. She said, I didn't either. Well, if, you
1: read, <laughs> if you read her yeah. personal testimony, uh huh. she said she looked at the piano and the Spirit of God told her, go to it. Mm-hmm. Mm she and it's funny it's funny when you when you in the presence of the lord and you have the holy spirit inside you and the lord tells you to do something you don't even question she said she didn't even question she just went to it mm, yeah and she said she just started singing praises unto the lord and the piano was it was, they, she was playing like beethoven <laughs> and she never, like she she never learned I, did she ever play after that? I don't think she ever played there's no testimony of her playing yeah, after Yeah, we that. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh yeah. Well the phenomenal thing is they're at this,
0: you know, he's at this at this house. I mean they're having meetings on the front porch and now the yeah. crowd started to come. Now you start to see uh Latinos even show up. So you're having all different mm-hmm. races coming together mm-hmm. and you're coming worshiping the Lord and all that. So it gets so overcrowded that finally um, the porch itself collapsed. So <laughs> yeah, <I heard laughs> they about that. had to move
1: again. You know? mm-hmm. Hey <laughs> you know, they had to expand Uh, praise god i want to bring out a point (laughs) though brother dan you just mentioned they had whites they had blacks yes they had latinos yeah all races you want uh, no not races they were were all races over the yeah yeah different people right you want to you want to solve racism come Mm -hmm. on america europe england present jesus Mm -hmm. amen present jesus and you won't have a race problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: during these meetings, they would call Brother So and so or Sister So and so. They never said, you know, anyone's uh, skin color or anything. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's just what the blood of Jesus can do in a move like this. So here we go from this point, And now they find Asusa Street, you know, this place, 312 Asusa Street. So, you know, that's where it really begins. And as, uh, as it was formerly, it was an African Methodist Ep- Ep- Episcopal church. You know, that uh was in a pretty bad side of town in the ghetto. And so they were able to rent that for $8 a month.
1: Wow, I wish I could <laughs> do that right now.
3: <laughs> that was cheap back then, bro. Well, that was expensive back then. Yeah, you know? yeah. Was that, so,
1: I heard somebody say that like $11 was a whole week's wages back in the day.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, even they was a two-story building, you know, and um, on the first story, it was only eight foot tall on the ceiling, and so they didn't have a pulpit in there. They just had just a really rugged place to really be worshiping the Lord and all that. They had hay on the floor. They had a lot of... Flies in there because they used to have horses in there and all that. Mm. So you talk about a humbling experience. Can you imagine how many people run out if they were being bothered just by flies? Now in the modern day Church of America, no, they live a long. You know, they they would have left a long time ago. But here you had people that were just hungry for God, and God was showing up. I've heard testimonies of uh, those that were you know came in in crutches or wheelchairs and all that, and were instantaneously killed.
1: What? In the first house, did they have? Um, they had a whole room where it was just nothing but crutches and wheelchairs. Now, the corner. now you want to hear some hearing a testimony today? Had a little boy. Well, the man was a little boy at the time. Said that they didn't have Sunday school. They didn't have a nursery or anything. The kids were sitting down, and he said when he felt the presence of God hit that room, chills went down his spine. And he said they would be quiet. They would tremble it. The kids would raise their hands and praise the Lord. Babies that don't know nothing about the the Spirit of God was raising their hands and they would... the, the babies weren't crying. The kids weren't making noise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Spirit of God was there. It even touched the kids that were in the fellowship at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful, just all that was going on. It was such a, a humbling you know, beginning. And it even says that Brother Seymour generally sat behind two empty shoeboxes, one on top of the other, he usually kept his head inside the top one during the meeting in prayer. You talk about humbling, you know, that he was he was praying a lot during these services, mm-hmm. amen, and Did, he was very sensitive to the Didn't he Spirit. pray like five to seven hours a day? Definitely. I mean, and then that's not even included in the second floor, which would be their overflow. Right. So they would take people up there to, so they could tarry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking of the tongues. Wow. So praise God. So that was their overflow. But man, this place just started getting packed out. I mean, you got anywhere from people from 300 to 1,500 people showing up. Mm. And I mean, this is like 24-7 that's going on, and you have a really rich – ethnic background going on where you, now you're starting to have Asians come. So, you know, people are hearing about this revival and the move of God and people are getting saved and and people are getting healed and delivered and filled with the Spirit. So, you know, you know how word gets around, you oh, know, it's getting around all over L.A. And, and so now it's just starting to
3: spread this fire, what God's doing. And it somehow, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn to good. The media was even attacking them. There was newspapers calling them all kind of crazy things, and that was giving this publicity that was actually helping their growth. The more they, the people criticized them, the more people were curious. And man, we read in newspapers, we can go figure out what's going on. People, people you know? were traveling
1: all around to go mm-hmm. go to this revival, mm-hmm. and when they left, they spread revival to where they lived at ain't you know, there you go you know we had the welsh revival before but after this in 1906 when the zusa street happened people people would come in here like they were going to wells mm-hmm. and that started a lot like the pentecostal movement
2: mm-hmm.
1: that started that off and they had all kind of even presbyterians Went there and got filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Baptists were getting baptized mm-hmm. with Holy Spirit. I was against their traditions. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of people out there that that were influenced. Well, yeah, you had high caliber men that walk in there. You know, <laughs> that were,
0: you know, very uh, I guess uh, respected in their congregations. Walking in there, thinking, you know, what's going on. But as soon as they walk into the door, the power of God hit them so hard that they ended up falling on their knees and just welling on the floor and asking wow. God to forgive them of their sins, and just God did a work in them. It was a humbling place to be at, you know, that not even pride or anything could really come in there, because it was going to be confronted with the Spirit of the living God in such a magnificent way. And wow. that's what we need right now. We, we really need another wow. move of God, not so much of showmanship, but... Uh, of a, a change of heart and, and new direction from the Lord that He would deal with us, you know, by His Word and by His Spirit to really change us, to have a zeal for Him and to get back on the right track. If if you look what's going on, even in America right now, what 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 some people seem to think that what's the gospel is really not the gospel. It's just something that's really watered down and everything. So, you know, you've really seen uh, what's going on here. And you don't hear too much about it, but some of the interviews that I heard, they asked, "What were they preaching during these revivals?" You know, and they said they were preaching on the cross, they were preaching on the blood and repentance, and you know, obviously the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being spirit filled. So you know, here we go again, going back to what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary, and and we even look in the Old Testament. We look up with the uh, with Elijah when he confronted the mm-hmm. you know the, the prophets of Bill. What did he do? What Where did he go to? He went back to the sacrifice and mm-hmm. God honored that. And so there was even a great move of God there in the northern kingdom which would uh, consist of Samaria and all that. So that it's always coming back to the sacrifice. It's always coming back to mm-hmm. repentance and prayer mm-hmm. and God forgive us in order for him to start moving again to put a zeal in us.
1: Well let's Amen. go back to the first two revivals we talked about. The first great awakening, the second great awakening, then Azusa street john uh jonathan edwards we can point back the sinners in the hands of an angry god Mm -hmm. that stirred up the people to come back Mm -hmm. to jesus same thing with charles wesley and john wesley and charles feeney they preach Mm -hmm. let's get back to the foundation Mm -hmm. jesus christ he's the he's the center all we get to azusa street to where They said, you need Jesus Christ. And when they got saved, he said, let me tell you something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we were talking about that earlier today. And Brendan, you mentioned earlier, do we have evidence that the Holy Spirit? when in the first two revivals? There's not much of it. you said they have some, they talk about emotions, emotions for sure. But, you know, I believe that God used these men through the influence of the Holy Spirit to start these awakenings to point on. Yeah. And I be- I believe that those first two were setting up Azusa Street as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah because, I think so.
1: Because mm-hmm. Seymour, like I said earlier, he went and studied that and that that's, that was for the church right there. The, the Azusa Street, it won souls, but church folk got, they they realized we need to go back to our power source because mm-hmm. we mentioned it on our statement of faith. What is our power source? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ saves, us and we need to go back to the power source.
0: Amen. Praise God. That's, that's very good. And so we have to go to the book of Acts, the first chapter, verse 8, when it's talking about, you know, that we are to be empowered by the promise of the Father, you know, to be witnesses and starting in Jerusalem and spreading out all over through the world. So really, people were coming in to, to get hungry for God, but then God started empowering them and putting a zeal in their heart to take this message and take it out to the world. So many, there was many missionaries that came in and got filled and then just got I mean, sent right back out yeah. and they started going to different nations and some of them not even being trained in that language, but because mm-hmm. of the gift of the Holy Ghost was able to go mm-hmm. and well, and proclaim the gospel
1: of jesus christ so so i got a question for both your guys right now azusa street happened in 1906 almost over 100 years ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are we still seeing the effects of azusa street today have over 100 years after
3: Mm, well we're here today because of it because if you look at it we came from the assembly of god background yeah. and that came from Sousa street if you like jimmy Swagger ministries or a lot of them not all of them but a good bit of us have come from the pentecostal background oh. so we're here today the reason why we're talking like this today is because we came from that root we came from that background yeah. so, so so it really-
0: is <laughs> And yeah, I, I agree with that to a point. I mm-hmm. really do believe that God yeah. has really used JSM yes, sir. to bring the message of the cross. I remember Brother Larson mm-hmm. saying
3: mm-hmm. that
0: this is another reformation. Mm. Because the church, the Pentecostal church started going to the word of faith, started going to you know blab it and grab it, and then That's all right. of a sudden here comes you know, yeah. here goes pastor Jimmy getting revelation, which is not a new revelation. <laughs> right, it's been done since right. the apostle Paul and all of those throughout uh-huh. church history that know about what Christ did for us at Calvary. But if you see the effect now, even with them being a worldwide ministry, the yeah. effect that it's done, many have been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence-speaking tongue to be empowered to preach this gospel and to be a witness unto Jesus Christ. So I would say that the church is kind of been weakened for some decades, but now it's getting a zeal again to get back to the fundamentals
3: mm. of you
0: know of our first love, which is Jesus Christ, and after that to to walk in the spirit and to proclaim this gospel. So I just believe that now that being
3: set and the foundation being set I believe God's going to send another move. There's no doubt in my mind. Because if you like, I heard stories like when I was younger, you know, because our church, we were in a part of another denomination, but then we slowly, we came to the Pentecostal realm, mm. and mostly Semi of God, mostly realm. And we heard stories, you know, how the Semi of God people, they were powerful. I mean, they still got some. Thank God, there's still some that holding up the fort, mm. and kind of speaking. they still, they're going, they still sticking to their past. Right. But at one time, man, the Semi of God, were very powerful people and they came out of the Susan Street and you know
0: I would just like to mention something real quick because we have to be we have to be real about the state of Mm. the church right now as far Mm -hmm. as the Pentecostal movement Mm -hmm. because it's been weakened by doctrines like the word of faith and Mm -hmm. if you ever go do a statistic and check how many of the leadership Mm -hmm. just leadership in itself I think those that are spirit filled are only like fifty percent or less, and in wow. the congregation, I think it's even less mm-hmm. of being spirit filled. So mm-hmm. we do have a problem to a point, you know, that we're seeing uh, it's 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 being uh, degraded. It's not as many, but I believe God's going to send another move of God where mm-hmm. people are going to be refilled again and have a zeal to serve Him and to present this gospel. And we have to pray for that. If any of us don't believe that it cannot happen, then you know, why don't we just? shut down the shop and stop praying and stop serving God. That's we true. don't think he could move again because he can right. do whatever he wants. That's but right. You know what? God moves on a hungry heart. Yep. Yep. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm mm-hmm. not satisfied.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not satisfied with what I see. I, I know that God wants to do something for our nation, right. but it takes the church to come back to the cross and to pray in repentance and say, God, forgive us for whatever we're doing wrong. Make it right. Show us what you want us to do
1: if we're going to see things change in our nation. it has got to start with what's got Start with look, the church. That's look right. At, look mm-hmm. last one thing. One of these things, all these revivals we talked about, mm-hmm. had another thing in common Edwards, Whitfield, Wesley Brothers, Feeney, Seymour, mm-hmm. even the brother that went to the Welsh revival and came back. Right uh, mm-hmm. They all had one thing in common. Mm-hmm. They prayed. And they read. Mm. Unfortunately, we got pastors today Mm. and ministers more worried about their jet and people sending money for their jet. Mm -hmm. Right. Than praying and seeking God's word for the revival.
3: Are they going to purpose-driven? Are they going to other strange doctrine other than the Bible and, you know, our manual? Or you said earlier,
1: Mm -hmm. when they talk about revival, they're not talking about a spirit-filled awakening and repentance they're talking about let's get all the the churches together don't matter what denomination you are what affiliate you with let's get us all together as one
3: yeah right that
1: that's a wrong revival to have
3: well if you read um alberto he was a ex jesuit cali priest and he said in his comic books he said a lot of them they're pushing economical revival not the revivals we're talking about yeah yeah well we we have to believe my brothers that God's Mm going to move again Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: I just believe and I'm going to be I want this recorded tonight that way we file it later but I believe God is going to send a move in our church Mm -hmm. we're going to affect this community Mm -hmm. because Christ is being exalted we're being in prayer, we're asking God to check our heart, we're hungry for Him, and we're going to go forward for the glory of God. When we get our hearts set to uplift the name of Jesus, that He's the superstar, He is the object of our faith, that's who we uphold and exalt, Mm -hmm. then you're going to see great moves of God. And I believe that with all my heart. We can't live in the past as much as we talk today, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and we
0: love it. There's a lot of experience here, but we need to go to the future. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We, you know, we just can't just dwell on the past. we got to say, hey, God, you still can do it right now. Mm-hmm. But what God is looking for, a hungry heart that's saying, I'm not satisfied where the church is at right now, Lord. There's much more that you want to do, and we have to have that hunger and that zeal for that and only God could feel that in our hearts when we cry
3: out to him on that and we need to pray that the assembly of God and the church of God and all them who came out of the Sousa street we pray that they will go back to their roots because you know they could be used mildly by God if it is loud. they say we need to go back to the word of God and go back to our roots so let's pray the reformation of Pentecostalism begin with them and us well guys it was fun, brother Daniel. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, it was good. We had fun, yeah.
1: um, guys. Listen, everyone that's listening on this podcast, we we feel that the that the the spirit of God is the key, along with preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you accept Him in your heart, and that you believe that He's risen from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible says. Also, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a. Is great when you get it. It's awesome. But you have to pray for it. When you get it, start seeking for a personal revival. And let God use you. Start praying that the Lord opens up doors for you to have revival in your heart. Tonight, we want to thank Brother Anthony, Brother Daniel Mm -hmm. again for coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guys, this podcast is not widely known. But we're praying that God opens, even if it opens up one heart. To draw closer to the Lord, it's it's a success for us. Um, Tonight, please, if you're listening, go and go look us up on Facebook. We will be proud to hear from y'all and y'all response for it. Um, Our church, New Beginning Fellowship Church, keep us in prayer. Go look us up on Facebook. And um, let God lead y'all and guide y'all this week. Pray for us as we get ready for another topic. One moment. I'll just say maybe we should close the prayer once you're done. Oh sure, sure. We'll go ahead and do that. Um, but you know, pray for our church. Like Brother Daniel is it's gonna be moving and we're just ready for God to move. Uh brother Daniel, uh, if you wanna go ahead and close us out and we'll let uh we'll end it right there. Father, we just thank you for
0: tonight, Lord God. I believe with all my heart and my brothers here. I believe that you want to do so much more. Father, there's others that are going to hear this program tonight. And some may have been weeping because they feel the same zeal they feel that, you know what, there's much more that you can do. Lord, we can sit here and we can complain about our nation and all that's going on, or we can get on our knees and pray that you would send revival and a move of God that will change the atmosphere in this nation. But it has to start with us individually. As my brother said, we have to get into our closets and seek you, Lord. And Lord, you never deny a hungry heart, Lord. And Lord, the reason we want this because we know that when you send a move of God by the power of your spirit and your gospel, lives are are going to be changed Lord lives are going to be saved and delivered Lord and healed and that's what we desire Lord that you would be exalted in all that. and we ask for the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to go through this program tonight and anyone else out there that's listening would bear witness with our spirit that we are truly speaking from your word and our heart is towards you to exalt you Lord and we ask you, Lord, to put a hunger in our in the audience out there and put a hunger in each and every one of us, Lord, to continue to pray, Lord, that you're going to move, Lord. We're going to see you move in a mighty way. And we just want to thank you, Lord, and we want to give you all the praise and glory for all that you are doing, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, guys, we hope you all listen next week as well. And uh, if you first time listen to the podcast, go check out our other episodes uh, and keep us in prayer you have a good night and god bless